You're listening to A Little Thing Called Marketing, brought to you by Studio 93. Each week, Sinead, that's me, surprises Darren with a topic and we run with it. As the title suggests, the topics will be marketing-based, but the rest is unknown to Darren. So let's get into it. Hey, Sinead, we made it to episode two of the podcast. I know, I thought we'd never get here. Do you know what the average number of podcasts are that people or companies set up and record before they stop doing them and they drop off? Uh, 10. Ballpark. 10, 15. Six. No way. They say six. They say that when you get to episode six, people, that's where people give up for whatever reason. Maybe it becomes too much work. Maybe they just don't enjoy it. Maybe they thought something was going to happen that didn't happen and they stop. So, so six. So we're definitely going to not heard of the way are we are we episode two yes we are we will be so let's see uh, let's not become a statistic okay well what's your plan for this episode okay so um as you guys listeners may know uh, i kind of surprised darren with a topic each week so what i'm going to do this week is give you a little synopsis of what we're going to be talking about before i actually reveal what it is um and then you can guess at the end which i'll probably end up giving it away in the stats anyway so I'm ready. Let's see. So 38% of people won't engage if this isn't right. 75% of consumers form an opinion about a company and its credibility based on this. Speed matters and mobile friendly is important. Have I given it away? I guess the topic today is websites, web design, definitely something to do with web anyways. I suppose what I'll ask you first is, would you talk about a little bit about how important websites are um, and how you know, important optimizing your website is for your, for your business. Okay. We'll take them two questions there. So first of all, how important is a website for your business? Is it important? And then the second question would be around optimizing your website and optimizing is just means that it's basically running as as well as it can run Mm. and that it's, it's, um, effective in achieving whatever business goals you have how important is a website for your business it's funny i just met with a potential client this morning who doesn't have a website and we were actually talking more about his social media strategy and that's why he was talking to me he's in a service industry and his goal is to get more bookings okay um through social media and i did say to him at the end i said look i mean we I think we can definitely do this, but be aware of this. People are going to see your ads on social media and they're most likely going to go, okay, this sounds good. Let me go over and have a look at his website. Definitely. And he doesn't have a website. Mm. So I said to him like, that could be a problem for you. Um, but I said, I'm not here trying to sell you a website, but just be aware of that. I mean, that's just something fresh in my mind when you say how important is a website. Yeah. That person um, doesn't have a website and I think it's going to hinder him. And I think it's going to have a knock-on effect to his conversions in terms of what he's doing on social. Where do you go after that? Well, where do you go exactly? So typically, and you know, this, Ned, we, when we're doing some social media campaigns, you're always mm. really trying to drive the traffic to a website of where course. they can learn more or take an action because mm-hmm. I always think that people don't really buy on Facebook or social media. It's where they might discover you and then they'll move on to a website to learn more I'd maybe do a purchase at that point or maybe, you know, book a consultation or, or reach out to you. So mm-hmm. there is some statistic where, you know, they say that like, you know, 90 something percent of people before they pick up the phone to ring you as a business owner um, or to inquire about your product service have already done a certain amount of research on you online. Like they have, we all do. 
And if you don't have anything there, I, I actually think you're probably not going to get the call at all, to be honest, because well, it's, go. Like, it's a red flag. Credibility is something that we mentioned earlier. And if I'm going online to purchase something and I'm looking for your website and it's not there, I'm going, well, that's kind of a red flag for me. I'm like, why don't you have a website? What's what's going on? Like, where are you a real company? Like, is this a is this a scam? Is it, you know, do, does that make sense? Like, I no, feel like it makes total sense. And again, back to that client that I talked about this morning and I'm not going to name, obviously, and I'm not even going to go into what his business is, but mm. take, take my word for it. It's a, it's, it's a quite a personal business in that it's him you are dealing with mm-hmm. and, um, you'd be dealing quite closely with them. Um, I think people will want a bit of reassurance that it's exactly not what you're saying where, you know, is this not that it's a scam, but like how legitimate is this person? Yeah. And then when they go and looking for a website, and there's no website again, red flags and in business, you, you just, you, you want to like negate as many of those red flags in the mind of your potential customer as possible, because, you know, once those start building up, you're, you're, you're not going to get the inquiry because they'll just decide this person isn't what I need no, and definitely. they'll just go to your competitor. And I also think a big thing for me for websites is, although obviously finding if you're credible or whatever, but seeing an about us kind of section, you know, even having a picture of this person that you're potentially going to be dealing with, it puts a face to the name, to the brand, to the business and, you know, it gives you someone to touch base with. So if you can't see a website, you can't see who you're going to be talking to. I think it kind of, it makes the, the whole process a little bit harder. And back to that client as well, because he had a follow on question where he, he, I knew it was coming. He, he was, took out his mobile phone and he was going, look, I'm putting, I'm not going to give away the search term, but he put it into Google and he was just showing me how he wasn't coming up. And a large part of why he wasn't coming up was because he didn't have a website mm. because Google looks at websites to decide how it's going to display the search results. And it will often, if you have a Facebook page, it will sometimes throw up your Facebook page, but Broadly speaking, it's looking at websites. So again, that client was at a disadvantage um, in terms of Google, in term, terms of search, because he didn't have a website because Google had nothing to index, which just means basically Google, you know, has a record of all the websites out there. And when you put a search term in, you're looking for a specific thing. Google is going to return all the websites. And when I say return, you put a word in, you get a list of all the websites someone's at the top, they're going to get most of the clicks. So again, that client was just not going to get any of of that traffic because he didn't have a, he didn't have a website. Yeah. And I think I did want to touch kind of on SEO with you. Um, but maybe we'll talk about optimizing your website first and then that might kind of fall into place after. Yeah. So I guess the question was, you know, how we have to build a website, website Mm. has to be up, but it's not the end of the story because we have, it has to be optimized. So to make sure that it's running as well as it can run, it's running fast. That's a big thing. Big thing for Google and SEO as well. If your website takes a long, long time to load up, Google actually sees that as a a negative thing and it will rank you lower down on the search results based on that. Now, that's not the only thing it looks at. Google looks at a plethora of um, factors to decide where to rate you in terms of um, search results, but speed is a, is a big one. So optimization in terms of speed, optimization in terms of the obvious one is, you know, does it work and look well on a mobile phone, just as it does on a tablet, as it does on a desktop? Again, I'm thinking of a client, we've just done a new website and the old website looked okay on a desktop. It wasn't fantastic, but it, it was 
it was okay. But on a mobile phone, it was a complete disaster. The text was cut off. You couldn't even read it right. It wasn't mobile optimized. So that's another, you know, element to optimizing your website. Make sure that it's mobile optimized. I mean, realistically, there's more people looking at your website on a phone than there are on a computer. Yeah. And we talked about this in last week's episode as well about social media, like, and you mentioned Darren being where the eyes are. So obviously if the eyes are on the mobile phones, that's where you need to optimize your website and everything that you're doing, you know, so that it fits on that particular screen where people are scrolling. More and more uh, web designers now are, so traditionally you design a website on, because you're, you're building it on a, a desktop computer. So you've got a screen, a uh, a landscape style screen and you're designing your website and the mobile version of it would then, I wouldn't say an afterthought, but it's done kind of after it's mm. designed on a, on a, on a screen. More and more web uh, companies now are flipping that where they're building the website, um, first on for a mobile screen. So it's mobile first, um, design yeah. and then they're going, okay, that looks great on a mobile phone. Now let's work on the desktop you know, design of it to make sure that works well. But that's interesting. And that just shows you, you know, again, that they're aware that really most people are going to look at it on mobile. So arguably it's more important that it looks better on your mobile phone than a desktop. And that's a complete flip from what was the case maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. I even know, I'll give you an example. Like last night I was looking for a watch for my uncle. Uh, we have a wedding this weekend. You know, the way he's just like, will you find me a watch? <laughs> like, I have nothing to go off anyway. So I went on to this big, big, consu- like this big shop that's well known in Ireland and internationally on my phone. And I literally was like, oh, I can't, I cannot shop on this. I need to go and get my laptop because it was way too hard to even click into something to like reserve it in store or pick it up in store to even find it to, even the search bar, everything was so complicated. And I just it nearly put me off shopping there. But because he had asked me to do it and we're in such a desperate need, that's why I went on to the laptop. But if if it was for myself, if I was buying something, I probably would have just left that website altogether and, you know, not returned, you know. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, so hang on, you went and got a laptop because for that, exactly what you said, mm. most people will just go, See you later. Yeah. I'm going to go to your competitor's website. Yeah. They w- they're not going to go and grab the laptop. I want to ask you about homepages, actually. How important are they? Well, the homepage is usually the, the first page that someone sees when they go onto your website. Um, I I always describe um, homepages as our, our clients will ask me, well, what should be on the homepage? Or if we're designing the homepage, we're asking ourselves what should be on. And I always see the homepage as a quick glimpse into all the different sections in the site. Mm. So the homepage is like a, a visual overview to the, the different pages and the different sections. And at a glance, someone can like click on, you know, decide fairly quickly. Well, okay, that's the thing I want to look at, or I'm interested in that. And they can go into it and it will bring them to the page. So I think the homepage is very important. Also being really honest, and we know this, people don't tend to sit through, sit, to go onto your website and spend I don't know, 15, 20 minutes reading all the pages on your website and reading all the text on your website. They absolutely don't. Mm. What they do is they go in and they scan. They scan your website. They scan your homepage. They might click into a page that they're interested in. Again, they're scanning the that page. And really, um, often what they're just trying to ascertain is, is this a credible, trustworthy company who I might now want to email or phone or whatever it is. So often the homepage gives that feeling 
within seconds, like, you know, you go onto a website, mm. you make a decision about how trustworthy this company seems based on what you're seeing. So if you go on and the website and the homepage looks well designed, cleaned, crisp, clean, clear, professional mm. photography, well-written copy, maybe there's a video there. It's a subliminal stuff. You trust that company more than if you go onto a, a different company's website and you go on and it looks like it was built in the 80s yeah. and there's broken links and the images are very low resolution and they're not good quality. Like you're, you're just, you're gone. So we, we have these biases and a lot of these biases come from our perceptions and our perceptions are made in seconds Three, so four, three, five sections. Less than a second to impress is a stat I got off the the web recently. So, I mean, and it makes sense to me because like you said, if, if it's not loaded in a second, you're gone. If it looks crap in one second, you're gone. You know, I know you're saying probably less than five seconds, you know, realistically, but less than a second to impress is, is mad. And I'd actually recommend people going on even to Google and looking up good versus bad like homepages or websites because it's actually hilarious some of the stuff that's that's still out there you know and I suppose that leads me on to my next question um Darren could a bad website be costing you customers I know you've kind of answered that yourself but like how detrimental do you think it could be I, I think again we, we've kind of covered it we only need to really ask ourselves that question because mm. we were all we all do this like I said you know if you're if you're going to approach a a company you've never dealt with before, whether it be a product or a service, you're going to do your homework, especially if it's a a, um, a higher priced um, item or, or service. You're going to do your homework and look at a couple of different sites and you're going to look at, you know, every company's site before you ring them. If the site doesn't do what it needs to do, you just won't get the call at all. Yeah. So it, it is detrimental. Um, again, back to, I guess, that client I talked about this from this morning and just in my own head now, I'm questioning like, is it worse to have no website or is it worse to have bad. a bad yeah. a bad website? That is a good question, actually. <laughs> I don't know, what what would you think? Like, oh God, I actually think me personally, I'd, I'd probably ra- would rather have no web. No, I don't know. Oh, that's such a hard one, actually. I'm re- really on the fence. I hate being on the fence about anything, but I, I think I am on that. Well, I don't, I'm posing it to myself. Maybe yeah. I'll come up with an answer in the, in the, in the future or... Uh, any listeners out there reach out to us is it better to have no website or is it better to have have a website but that it's not particularly great uh, i don't know yeah that's a that's a that's a good one now what would you say kind of are some big no-nos um for a website like for me a big thing would be like if i see spelling mistakes mm. or like clearly like i don't know like like we talked about low speeds or low resolution pictures or imagery like that that would put me off what would you say like from your perspective would be a big all of those things you said are exactly right and those are very much um kind of technical issues so mm-hmm. i'm not actually going to focus on the technical issues at all for my answer here but again what you've said is very important and mm-hmm. it's right the biggest no no i see is people building websites um this is not the web designers now well it, i guess it's kind of the designers job to steer the client in the right direction but it's not building a website for your customers mm-hmm. or not building a website with your customers in mind first and foremost that is the biggest no-no and actually a lot of this comes out if you don't do the planning initially before you start building the website because when we're building websites for clients obviously we start with the planning and the first question I'll ask people is, 
you know, who's your client? Who's your customers? Tell us about them. What are they looking for out of the site? So I often say, what does the site need to do for your customers? That'll be the first question. We'll have a discussion around that. The second question is also, what does it need to do for you as a business or a company? Can mm-hmm. it take some work off the shoulders of your receptionist or whoever it is, your your um, your accounts person? But to go back to, the, again, my initial thing of what does it need to do for your clients and your customers? And sometimes my clients are not clear on that. And I say, well, look, why? what's the information that they are on the site to find? And that that's a bit of work there to get that very clear who our customers are why are they on the site what are they looking for because sometimes what we as business owners want to put on our site that's fine but it's not maybe what your your site viewers are actually there to see so that's the biggest no-no for me it's like you're not putting your customer first you're not asking yourself what they're there for it's this whole idea of putting yourself in your customer's shoes and trying to step out of your own shoes and imagine yourself or them in front of the computer going onto your website. Why are they there? And are you giving them the information they're looking for? And are you making them hunt around the website to find that? Because that's a no-no as well. It should be planned and organized in such a way that whatever information they're looking for, they should be able to get to it as quick as possible. Because it's like we talked about earlier. Um, we're not going to hang around. We're not going to spend 15 minutes digging through your website to find that one piece of information mm-hmm. I'm looking for. We'll just be gone. Um, you know, that, that all makes, that makes perfect sense to me. And I suppose, um, failure to plan, planning to fail, do you know, um, what you're saying for your plan for your website. So what's your tone? What's your messaging? Like, who are you, who are you trying to get in front of? Um, so we talked about it a little bit before when you've done webinars and stuff um, about your brand tone and voice. So I suppose that has to be kind of uniform across your website and then onto your social channels if you're using them. And um, I suppose that all comes into planning of your website as well, would it? Yeah, absolutely. And again, now this kind of, you know, my brand tone, tone of voice and all that kind of stuff, it can sound a bit markety and a bit fluffy and mm. like saying, ah, that's ridiculous, but it's really not. The tone of voice is something that uniform across your website, your social media, even, you know, your, your ads and your, maybe any video stuff. And it, it obviously depends on the the type of business you are. So again, I'm thinking of clients in the past who would have worked in, you know, the likes of accountants and solicitors and those type of, of businesses where it tends to be very. More serious, serious, conservative mm-hmm. language and the way they talk. And that's fine. That's the business they're in. Yeah. Um, th- now there, it's funny though. There is, I, I can think of, um, so let me give you an example of this actually. Um, have you seen this ask Paul? Uh, yes. I can't think of his second name, yeah. but he's doing a really, really good job, uh, kind of online, digital, mar- um, social media and on his website. And y- when you see him on TV, it carries through as well. And he's a, a, a financial advisor and he's basically taken, you know, that would have been an industry where the tone of voice, the language, the way they go about things would have been fairly buttoned up, fairly straight laced, mm-hmm. um, quite conservative, but he's managed to bring his own his own personality and his character into what he's doing and again it's very much around tone of voice and how he communicates and it's been really really effective and i think he's managed to actually differentiate himself and his service and his business from his competitors because he was i think he was just brave enough to go you know what i'm going to break free of this 
break the mold. Break the mold. Mm. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, bring my own character out there. I'm going to be very straight, but also he's not afraid to bring a bit of humor in there as well. He seems like a very approachable dude, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's, he, that's on purpose. So he's breaking the fear of, oh, I don't want to pick the phone up to that financial advisor or whatever. I have a fear of it. He has managed through all this stuff, this tone of voice to make himself uh, seem very approachable. Uh, a, a, a guy you might meet out and about very friendly, but again, he, he went out on his own there and he took that, um, that leap. And I'll tell you what, Sinead, I have given the advice to clients over the years who have been in a similar industry to try and do something like that. I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. this is my idea. It's not, but I have. And the, the, the pushback was always very strong. They did not want to break the mold on that. So I, I, I applaud Paul, ask Paul for what he's been doing. He's, he's been brave and he's, he's pioneering, pioneering that. It's funny because I'm sure a lot of them probably have similar, you know, characteristics to Paul. It's just not, you know, they're probably afraid to do it. Like they're, you're saying, being afraid, the to, being afraid to bring that to the fore. Yeah. And uh, I think especially nowadays, for lack of a better term, but we kind of like that laid back real person that we could get on with and have a conversation with and, you know, celebrities or bloggers or whatever. We feel like if we bumped into them, you could, you know, have a little chat with them. Like, I feel like that's what we're relating to these days is people, again, to use the same word, are relatable. So to have a, a tone of voice, maybe that's relatable to mm. your clientele is is probably really important then. Well, but just before we move on to the question, just to bring it back to the topic, which is, you know, websites and web design. Mm. Uh, if you go on to his website and have gone on to his website, all of this stuff is carried through. He, like right. it's very much, I know he's a, he, it seems like he's a great team behind him, but you go onto the website and it's him. We mm. see him. And mm. That's the guy I've been seeing. That's the guy I've been hearing. We put a face to the business Yeah. and there's the phone number, there's the email and you really feel like you could reach out. Okay. So good web design uh, equals better user experience, I suppose. Um, how can people freshen up? their website if they have like an old, older website? Often we'll start a refresh project and by the end of it, it's just a new website. Yeah. yeah. Once you get into it, that's what happens. There's there's a lot of things to change. And I suppose to keep your website maybe relevant then once, say it's optimized, it's, it looks really, really well, it's functioning properly. How do you keep optimizing it then, you know, continuously? Yeah. Great question. Content. Okay. So we, you build a site and I love when clients are able then to commit a certain amount of time per month or whatever to creating original content. And mm-hmm. that can be blog posts or articles or videos, you know, I'm a big fan of videos. Basically you're giving uh, the users a reason to come back. If you build a website and the website's great and you're happy with it and it's a brilliant website and if you then walk away from it and you don't do anything to um, update the website, in ter- again, in terms of the content, in terms of what's on the website, mm. you're not giving anyone any reason to go back to that website once sure. they've seen it. So what you want to be doing is trying to build relationships. So if you go to a website and it's on a subject you're interested in and you see, oh, these guys write a, you know, a blog post every week around this subject. I'm interested in this subject. Maybe I'm more inclined then to come back to this website numerous different occasions to read the blog post, to watch the videos, to engage in the content. And then 
maybe at some point I'm going to reach out and I'm going to do business with, with them or buy their product or whatever it is. So it's that idea of, of content constantly. I know that word constantly can be scary because mm. there's an implication there that I have to spend all my time doing this. You don't. Um, I'll take the example of, uh, of blog posts again. And, and the key here is that it's um, relevant and valuable information to your target audience. Yeah. Most clients, what I recommend they do is, and we do it here ourselves is, you know, put a, a few hours or as much as you can uh, a month aside and sit down and write three, four, five, 500 word blog posts. Batch, batch the work basically is what I'm saying. Or maybe one day a month, don't go to your office to work, go and find a nice hotel and sit down and give yourself that space and just write or create this content and mm. do it all in one day. And then you have your blog posts for the next few weeks or whatever. It's very hard to commit to writing physically sitting down and writing a blog post every week. Yeah. So again, a, a little bit of advice, and this goes for video content as well. Again, ourselves, we'll put a little short videos out a couple of times a week, maybe twice a week, roughly. Um, but we're not going shooting a video every second day. We're taking a day or two and we're creating loads of content that we then have a little bank of, and then you're putting it out over whatever period of time. So a bit of a rambling answer there, but I think the key message there is, your website is never finished in that you should always be adding to it, but adding, you know, again, that, that, that magnet that brings people back to the website over and over. Yeah. And relevant to your brand and valuable to the client, I suppose. And that's going to lead me on, I suppose we kind of touched on ranking your website ranking earlier. So I suppose that like your SEO will have to do with content, your functionality of your website and stuff like that as well. So I suppose that's why content is important as well. If you've got blog posts from 2018 or outdated images, you know, why are we putting you at the top of Google, you know? Um, just briefly on this, I guess years and years ago, uh, the algorithm, I don't want to use too many, too much like tech speak, but you know, it's like, what are the factors that Google look at in, in, in how it rates you as a ranks you as a, as a, as a website in search. Yeah. And for years, Google did not tell us what exactly those factors were. Now there was lots of research done by, by web developers and people all over the world where we could pretty much figure out roughly here's. These seems to these seem to be factors that are mm. that are important to Google, but um, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to say between maybe six or seven or eight years ago, Google said, you know what, guys, here it is, take it, and it was as I recall, it was like maybe two hundred um, uh, factors that, and they were saying these are the this is it. These are the factors that we're looking at. Mm. And that's available now. If you go on to Google and Google mm. uh, the phrase, uh, what are the factors that Google take into account in terms of SEO? You'll find you'll find the list. Um, and and con fresh content is is high up there as well. So we touched on um, site speed earlier, but content is very high there. And the reason is that Google is going out looking at all of the sites all around the world multiple times. Um, and if it so it'll come to my website um, today and it'll scan everything and it knows what's on the website. It's going to come back to that website uh, again fairly soon. And if it sees that eh, well, there's nothing different here, there's, it, they haven't added anything since the last time, 
they over time they're going to go right that website in our estimate estimation is uh, not of a, as high a quality as the website from the competitor mm. who's putting a blog post up every week is putting a couple of videos up there so that that's just how google thinks about this again it's it's checking out your website multiple times if it sees nothing is changing it's uh it's a it's a, it's a, a penalizing factor yeah i suppose they probably look at it the way us like as humans would look at it you know like you kind of mentioned earlier why am i coming back here if there's nothing new so google are literally essentially saying the same thing why would anyone come back here if there's nothing new you know so i think it works the way we would think you know without going into too much like how we would approach something that that's the way they're kind of looking at it so just to finish up and we've been asked this question before and we've kind of a little bit touched on it but if we have social media as a brand, do we need a website? I I really see, you know, social media is no replacement for a website, put it that way. But I think they're both needed because as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, social media is kind of where people may find you or if you're doing kind of paid targeted ads, maybe it's where you find your people or your mm-hmm. audience. And that's where they may become exposed to you in your brand and your business. But, you know, ultimately... To inform them more, you're going to need to move them over onto a website where they can do exactly that, learn more about your company and your business. Because social media, you know, posts are really only meant to be short, snappy, little bite-sized pieces of information. Yeah. Okay, Sinead, that is the end of episode two of our podcast. Thank you very much. I hope the listeners learned something there or found it interesting in some way. And please join us again next week for our next episode. You've been listening to A Little Thing Called Marketing, brought to you by Studio 93. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for more. And if you have any suggestions for topics, do send us a message on Instagram. We'll be back same time, same place next week. And don't forget, you can visit our website, www.studio93.ie, for on-demand webinars, blog posts, or to book a consultation.